from runasradio.com, you are listening to Run As Radio, the internet audio talk show for IT professionals with Richard Campbell. This is Brandon Wen announcing show number 629, Monitoring Office 365 with guest Paul Keeley. Recorded Thursday, February 14th, 2019. Run As Radio is produced each week by Pwop Productions, providing professional media and podcasting services online at pwop.com. You can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash runasradio. Thank you, Brandon. This is Richard Campbell. Thanks for listening to Run As Radio, bringing back one of my favorites, Paul Keeley, who's been a Microsoft MVP since 2010 in System Center Operations Manager, popularly known as SCOM, and also the author of the book, Mastering SCOM 2012, and today he's an Azure MVP, because everybody's an Azure MVP, and the co-founder of Born in the Cloud, a Microsoft-managed gold partner in the cloud and enterprise management systems. Welcome back, sir. Hey, Richard. Great to talk to you, sir. Oh, awesome to talk to you, too, brother. And uh, it was about a year ago, right? March of, of 2018, when you were last on, uh, and when we talked about cloud security, and just that whole, you know, here are the bits you need to think about, about how you you configure your Azure accounts, your cloud accounts to secure them properly. Yeah, close to my heart. Yeah, and and still an ongoing conversation. You know, that's just not a simple thing of how we organize all this stuff. It's amazing how accounts matter and which ones you use. Uh, there was a comment on that show. This is a few months ago. I mean, they, they, we published the show a year ago. Several months later, Jim McCafferty uh, has this comment. He says, hi, one of the aspects of this conversation that struck a chord with me was the use of ACPI and boot time protection. While I think it's important that security modeling evolves as quickly as the industry and environment allows, this shouldn't be at the expense of reliability. I think blue screens of death and unbootable bricks should be a thing of the past, particularly as Windows can be somewhat opaque about what occurs at boot time. Yet these are still issues I encounter from time to time. My last unbootable brick incident involved a third-party antivirus watchdog that went rogue at boot time. The only solution at the time was a previous system restore. While I appreciate this type of security has to be close to the metal to be effective, I also think that Microsoft should consider the boot mechanism a critical path and include some robustness against third-party vendors, both drivers and security. There are many ways a PC can be limited or isolated in a major incident, malicious or not. But providing a functioning environment where the user can take action, I think, should be an important consideration. Love the show. So not a real cloudy comment, per se. But I know in that show, we did talk about these physical security problems and just the fact that, you know, machines still have these root level hacks and uh, and issues with operating systems. Yeah. I mean, Richard, I was talking to a, a customer the other day and they buy really nice hardware with TPM2 chips. Yep. They've got Windows Enterprise and they don't have credential guard or device guard switched on. Ah, uh, yeah. So what's the point? Why are you buying, T- you know, the... The, the TPM stuff, if you're not going to actually use the software layers on top of it, that matter. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, you know, I was saying to them, device guard is a, is a, is a, you know, a tricky fish, you know, in terms of getting it right. I mean, yeah. Microsoft themselves, Corp, they only have it like in, in, you know, monitor or report mode. They don't have it in block mode, but credential guard, you'd have to be off your mind not to enable that. Sure. You know, that is like, you know, I've never had a problem with credential guard. 
And they've they've renamed all this stuff now, right? It's it's Windows Defender everything. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, keeping up with the naming <laughs> is, is harder than implementing the security. You know? <laughs> if Microsoft Marketing are listening to this, just leave it alone. <laughs> yeah, you know, we, the, you can rename it if you want. We're still going to call it the old name, just yeah, so you know. Absolutely. Hundred percent. You know, if we're if we're being super diligent, we're going to call it Windows Defender Credential Card, aka Credential Guard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I hear you. But I, I, you know, I will say this in favor of the Windows Defendering of all the things. It does then say in the name, "This is about protecting Windows." You know, I think that I think that just it does suck down this aspect of well, is this relevant to me? It's like, are you using Windows? Yeah, you should probably be using this. And, you know, like, like I've heard people on your shows saying things like, and I see it, you know, so I'm a consultant, I'm out in the market all the time, you know, I, I'm working with a number of financial institutions at around the 13 to 15,000, you know, user mark, wow. and they have max, and it's less than 1%, you know, they, they are growing, sure, but but the, but the environment for the business is still Windows. It's still like a, a Windows desktop, a yeah. Windows laptop. You know, you know. Well, and especially in those regulated industries, and I've spent time in financial services like you have, which is, it's just not worth the risk, right? I, I can't afford, I only have so many IT resources. I have auditors coming on a regular basis, and I need a level of control that it's very challenging to bring other hardware into that. Yeah, you bet. And like, I mean, I know we're, we're going back to the old podcast, but when I talk to people and say, how are you managing Max? You know, the, the absolute universal response is Jamf. Right. Uh, you know, we're working with Jamf and Microsoft are looking to integrate with Jamf more, uh, you, you know, more and more uh, in their solutions. And uh, so, you, you know, that's going to become, I, I can see Microsoft and Jamf having a closer play with how they manage Max. Absolutely. And how, you know, very, very reasonable. And let, let me close out the comment with saying, Jim, thank you so much for your comment. A run as radio mug is on its way to you. And if you'd like a run as radio mug, write a comment on the website at runasradio.com or in any of the social medias. Every show is published to Facebook and LinkedIn. And if you comment there and I read it on the show, I'll send you a run as radio mug. And you've already got one of those mugs, I think. I, I'm not gonna, I'm not just saying this because you're on the show, but it's my favorite mug. Because it's the size of like, oh, yeah. you know, no, no, I, I, I picked that mug for a reason, man. Because I like my caffeine. You know, I, I'm going to drink a mug full of tea for every show I record. And that's just awesome. sort of reality for me, and so I, I, my mug reflects that. I, I know people like these mugs because when they break them, they contact me, being sad, like I broke my mug. There you go. <laughs> it's a big deal. So, uh, but yeah. I, I appreciate that. Uh, we better talk about the show, man. Like, you, what are you yeah. been working on? What's your focus these days? Sure. So, uh, everybody we talk to, I mean, you know, Office 365 is a runaway train. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, I mean, Microsoft have kind of de-emphasized things like, you know, how they pay partners for it. Um, they, they just view it as something that's just hurtling along. And it is. You know, everybody I speak to is either in Office 365 migrating to it right. or it's on the roadmap. And then when we talk to people who are on Office 365, the the biggest thing that's come back to us is, hey, we are having performance issues. Right. Okay. And we can't find out where they are. 
you know, we, we just can't find out where the performance issue is. You know, can you help us or what can we do? And and we've gone back and we've spoke to Microsoft about, you know, the whole idea of Office 365 and this cloud tenant. And at one point you had Exchange and SharePoint and Link on-prem. Right. You moved to the cloud and, you, you know, for like 85% or more of the users and the time, it's a super positive experience. And then you're having people who are having negative experiences. And then the, the chat, you know, what, what, what we've discovered is that you need more telemetry than what Office 365 can give you. Interesting. Both and for performance and for security. Now, when you they know, talk about performance problems with Office 365, are they talking about mail? Because I got to think having your mail server on-prem versus out in the cloud, yeah, if you're sending around five meg emails, you're going to notice. Yeah. So, so personally, I think in Outlook cached mode, it's harder to notice that. Yeah. So, so essentially, when we sit down and we talk to people, we say, look, with any uh, SaaS service, there's basically a triangle. And at the top of the triangle, you have the SaaS service itself. In this case, it's Office 365. Right. And then you come down from that and you have the network connectivity to it because it's in the cloud and you're not. Mm -hmm. So you have to make a network connectivity to it. And then the last thing is, is on the other part of that triangle, you've got a user with a device and that user is trying to use the cloud to connect in and, and understand what's going on. Right. Okay. So you've three parts of a triangle. You have the, the cloud service, you have the network and you have the device. And the first thing that happens like today I was looking at the, you know, uh, health services of Office 365 and Yammer, which I never use, but Yammer, Exchange <laughs> Online and Teams all had issues, right? So the thing is, is that my Teams was working fine and Exchange Online was working fine because to be honest, like besides from the last MFA outage, I've never had an outage with Office 365. Right. So, you know, people come and they say, okay, we look on the portal and we see that there are service health issues, but they're not affecting us or we don't know if they're affecting us. Right. What can we do? So what we then do is we use Azure Functions to do things like just go and connect to Exchange Online, Azure AD, Teams, the graph, etc. You know, so so you look and you say, hey, I've got a pro you know, the portal's saying there's a problem. Is it my problem? And so, you, you know, we just use uh, Azure Functions to make synthetic transactions into the cloud and say, hey, you know, can, you know, are you there? Do I get a response back? Just kind of a ping. Yeah. Born the cloud, SharePoint.com. What comes back? You know, uh, when I connect to Teams. And so, um, you know, you write a function. It's um, pretty simple. You know, it's not that hard to write a function, but you write a function and it, it's in your Azure tenant. And it's hitting your tenant from Azure. Okay. So other things that we do is like we send an, a mail to an internet mail relay. It, re it responds back. And then we use the graph to go in and open the mailbox and read it. And that sounds really simple. And from when we first thought about sending email to Office 365, we said, sure, you know, we'll just set up a tenant in the cloud, you know, born the cloud response or something like that and we'll just put a you know uh, an out of office an out of office only fires once you know if i if you're out of office and i send you an email and then another one another one it'll only fire once right you know 
so what do you do? So, you know, we set up an internet mail relay. We, we send mail to it. It comes back and we read it. And that's end-to-end mail flow. And in lots of companies, especially in a hybrid environment, that's really powerful, mm-hmm. you know. But, but it's still at the tenant. So, um, but, but at this point, you know, if you think of that triangle, we've looked at the tenant, we've shown you that we can send mail. We do the same for SharePoint and OneDrive. Do you remember you did a show a while ago with somebody on the graph from the product group? Yeah, yeah, it was Jeremy Fake talking about Microsoft yeah. Graph. So if you go back to that uh, podcast, mm-hmm. he talks about blog posts and a website he set up uh, to help people with the graph. And in one of those, he talks about examples of code to send stuff to OneDrive or SharePoint and back again through the graph. So right. when I say through the graph, I mean, programmatically, you're setting up something like, you know, a function or a bit of PowerShell. And you're saying, send a file to SharePoint, check that it got there and send it back again. You mm-hmm. know, so it's a full synthetic transaction, you know, boom. And so, you know, we, we would work on things like, you know, setting up synthetic transactions. Again, it's still in the tenant. So, uh, you, you know, the next thing that we would then do is we then go and we look at the client and on the client, we would install uh, the, you know, just plain old log analytics agent. And from the log analytics agent, uh, we run a ton of queries. So there's about a hundred URLs that make up Office 365. And we, from the client, will ping certain URLs. And we will get things like the network, you know, the latency, and we, we'll get, you know, max hops, you know, that kind of information. And then we installed Service Map, which all just out of the, out of the box, um, you, you know, utilities. And from Service Map, we look at the communications on your machines to services like Outlook, SharePoint, Skype for Business, Teams. And with Service Map, it's super cool. And, and your users can do this straight away. With Service Map, you can go and look at the, um, the bandwidth to a, and then from a process to an endpoint. So you can say, okay, show me what's happening with Outlook. And then from there, t- um, you're able to look at failed links. You're able to look at the amount of bandwidth that's been sent. And it also has a malicious IP. Uh, registration inside service map. Cool. You know, so, so one of the queries that we can run is show me somebody that has communicated with malicious IP that now has a performance degradation, you know, and that's super powerful. You know, that are you thinking that's malware that we're now seeing that it's impacted their machine? Sure. Well, 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 what you, well, you see, like typically, like, you know, what we're trying to look is the, um, does it, the, the, the field is just malicious IP mm-hmm. and the malicious IP will give you the IP. It will give you the indicator threat type. For us, it's always a botnet. I don't know if it's, if it's just our customers, but it's always a botnet. <laughs> and then it has the ability to have this, you know, TLP. So threat level protect, you know, threat, threat level and the confidence and the severity. And, you, you know, like lots of times we would, we run queries to say only show us where the confidence is above 25%. Right. If it's not above 25%, the intelligence security graph or the ISG is just not sure about it. We're kind of not interested. But almost always, if they come up as a botnet, they're at 75% confidence, you know, they'll give you a severity. And so like what we found with our customers is, you know, uh, somebody rings in and says, hey, 
you know, I'm using SharePoint. It's super slow. Okay. And so what's the first thing is that, okay, you go and you look at the service. The service says it's fine. You go look at your syntax transactions and they're fine. And well, the next thing I want to look at is the network. And we go and we look at our network performance monitoring and our service map. Right. And then we need to tie the network to the computer. And, and what we're able to see is, you know, we're able to say, hey, look, there is latency on the link and there are some dropped links. And then if you can correlate, well, do you know what? I've been talking to a botnet for the last, you know, four and a half hours. And it turns out that the bot is killing network traffic on the box. Yeah, that would be a pretty good hint. And you've, you've basically done a malware detection at that point. Oh, boom. You know, you, you get to see straight away what the challenge. And the, the other thing that you can see from service map, you know, the thing that's cool about this is people can just go and start working on this straight away. But the thing that's cool about service map is that it will show you bandwidth per process. Nice. Okay. Why it's important is we've been working with people where they'll say, we're using SharePoint online. And my top tip to everybody is only use SharePoint with Teams. Forget it in the browser. It's a pain in the right. ass. Go straight to Teams. You know, just start using it there. But they're saying, hey, we're using it in the browser and it's super slow. And we're able to then go and look at the browser and look at bandwidth per process and then map that to, uh, you, you know, uh, resource by process. Yeah. So pr pretty quickly, you can say, oh, you know, someone's got Chrome open, my favorite browser. Everybody's favorite you know, browser. For me, when I have 22 tabs open in Chrome, I'm using four gigs of memory. Right. You know, and that's fine if you've got a machine with 16 gigs of RAM. But if, if you've got a machine, you know, with four or six or eight gigs of RAM, you know, and especially where we found this useful is when people have gone to VDI and especially cloud-based VDI. Right. You know, so, so, um, log analytics behaves really well with the agent being injected in a non-persistent state. Mm -hmm. You know, so I've got a, a VDI desktop, it powers up and I work on it for seven hours. So unlike other monitoring tools like SCOM, for example, if you monitored the desktop from SCOM and the desktop went dark, SCOM fired up an error. You know, hey, I can't connect to that desktop. Right. But log analytics couldn't care. You know, it's like, I don't it's care if I can't connect to it. Yeah. So, so if you inject it into a non-persistent process, it doesn't care. So, you know, we found a lot of success with, you know, cloud-based VDI injecting log analytics in, unfortunately, is generally at the login, which is a bit of a dog, but, you know, injecting it in. And then, you know, you know, we're, we're talking with log analytics and service map is talking with the service the whole time that the user's on, which could be four, five, six hours. And when they, you know, log off and the sessions kills, you still have the information about what was happening at that time. Yeah. So, you know, we, we find that like just a super rich experience. Absolutely. And Paul, I'm going to interrupt you for one moment for this very important message. You've got Windows, Windows 7 and Windows 10. They're domain-joined and non-domain-joined. They're on-premises and always on the go. And it's your job to make them more secure. But stay calm. That's why you've got PolicyPack. PolicyPack increases your Windows security with your on-premises and roaming PCs. Remove local admin rights, manage all the security settings in your browsers in Java, and tame the Windows 10 start screen and taskbar. Got machines out in the field without the latest group policy settings? Then use PolicyPack Cloud or your own MDM service to deploy real group policy settings to those machines. Only with PolicyPack. 
Get your free trial today and learn a secret weapon that hundreds of administrators use to manage and secure their Windows 7 and 10 desktops, both on-premises and out in the field. Head over to PolicyPack.com to get started today. PolicyPack, securing your standards. And we're back. It's Richard Campbell on Run As Radio talking to Paul Keeley about understanding what's going on with Office 365. Although so far, everything we talked about is not Office 365's problem per se. Your network, you know, given the services are up, your network's saturated or your machine's buried by something else. I mean, you would hope malware detection would have picked that off in the first place. Yeah. So um, one of the other components that we're working on is trying to get more telemetry um, from the login and what happens after the login than what happens when an email is scanned. Right. So what I mean by this is, an email gets scanned and it gets sent to you, okay? But the email has come from somebody in your office, right? Right. Now, it hasn't come from somebody in your office, but you don't know that. It looks like it's come from somebody in your office. Like it has, except they didn't send it. You know, it, it, it was spoofed to you, okay? And so what we are finding and what Microsoft are finding is just looking at so, 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 for example, if I send you an email and I'm in your company, lots of DMARC, lots of the, you know, spam confidence stuff doesn't work because I'm in your office and I've sent you an email. So you're, you're trusted by me. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that it wasn't you physically who sent it, yeah. you know, you were fished. I don't know that right now. Yeah. And, and this, this TU or trusted user phishing is the single most difficult security hack to find right now it's you know it, it's the one you know it's an advanced persistent threat yeah it's the hot it's one pers- yeah but but it's from a trusted user yeah of course well the, the 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 bad guys are getting smarter about sniffing through a company and figuring out who the senior folks are and that's who they they spearfish to and if they get through to them they're sending reasonable emails as them that actually end up you know getting results i mean it's and real money like sure. serious successful theft. This is not casual hacking anymore. This is yeah. this is fraud. And what Microsoft have discovered is they they know your company so well, they hack you and they send three emails. So if you have heuristics for a thousand emails, yeah. it's not gonna trip. You know, like like they know exactly what they're trying to do. And so like what we do is we take your message trace logs. And we pull them into log analytics. Okay. We connect to the graph API. We connect to other parts of Office 365 and MCATs. Okay. And then we have service map on the agent. So if you imagine I compromise your account, I, uh, you know, I own your account. Yeah. And then I send an email to John in finance. I set up a mailbox rule that any response from him to this email goes straight to the deleted items. Right. So you don't see it. it. Yeah. And and he responds back and, you know, you start this communication. So we go to the graph and we can say, hey, show me when somebody logs into Office 365 with impossible travel, you know, because they're they're not in your room. So they're somewhere else. Right. Okay. And then show us when. You know, they're, they're using PowerShell, for example, to log in and they're trying to bypass modern auth and then show us when a mailbox rule has just been created. Okay. So, you know, we get to triangulate that. 
Show us when a male has just been deleted that doesn't correspond to what we see in the message trace logs. Interesting. So I've, I've hacked your account. I've tried to delete, the, you know, I've sent an email to Richard in accounts. I've deleted the mail I've just sent. You know, how do you find it? So first of all, being your, you know, your MCAS pops up and says, hey, we see impossible travel. But that by itself, I mean, the most common alert in our company in MCAS is impossible trouble, uh, travel. Right. We ignore, you know, like, oh, another one of those. Right. So, so we need better telemetry and the telemetry that we get by, by pulling the desktop into log analytics, by pulling MCAS into log analytics, service map into log analytics is that we can start to, you know, get better signals. And we can, you know, because because we can see so much more. And what we've learned is what's most important is what happens after the mail is delivered rather than what's in the mail. Right. You know. Which is, this is in the end, the ability to get users to not respond to or to to be suspicious of of these mails. See, but see, the, the, and, and hackers know this. And so they say, hey, a user suspicious of a Nigerian prince who's just got 12 million and has to give it to you. Right. Um, but they're not suspicious of Sarah, who's in accounts, but is not in today. And, and they're not in today because she's on Facebook, you know, and, you know, she's just after sending a ping to somebody else saying, hey, wait, I, you know, I have this challenge. Can you go and fill this form in for me or can you log in here? And. You know, you know, like what we're seeing is things like people using MFA and, and we absolutely recommend tell everybody to remove the six digit passcode from MFA because here's the hack we see. I say to Sarah, hey, Sarah, I've got this super important file in OneDrive. Yep. You wouldn't just log in and just check that 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 you know, presentation is correct. Those numbers are correct because it's sent it to the VP. Sarah double clicks on the link. She has to authenticate into OneDrive. She's like, oh, that's funny, but I authenticate. She puts in her username and password. It goes, you know, a bot is catching that into a, uh, a file. Yep. And it logs, logs her and them into portal.azure.com. She does her MFA. You know, it gives her the six digit code. She enters it and she just gets redirected to OneDrive. Mm -hmm. You know, and at the same time, I have a function that's just gone and entered her username and password and the MFA code. And I just, directed her to her on-prem OneDrive, which she never had to authenticate to in the first place. Right. And but she doesn't know that. No. So now what we see is that Sarah is after hitting on possibly the first time this URL is active. Okay, so we can see the URL. We can see the impossible travel. And in general, it has to be a computer program that logs you on. And Office 365 differentiates between programmatic and user access. So, you know, a, 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 you, like we see programmatically that's popped up. We see the link, you know, and, and then we start to see, oh, there's a login and, oh, you know, we're seeing high search in the mailbox and, oh, we're seeing, you know, mailbox rules being set up. Right. And then what the graph, you know, what we're able to do with the automation is we're obviously able to like going to Azure Active Directory and saying, Hey, you need to block this user. I mean, you know, that's obviously pretty easy, but what we need to happen is that to hit AD connect and replicate back on prem. But then the, the, the key thing is we need to time out your session tokens. Right. You know, if you're after getting a token, we need to expire that token. You know, we need to kill it straight away. So getting the insight into the performance and the security 
by just getting way more telemetry is kind of where we we understand what's going on from where I started off the conversation by saying, you know, you just need to get more telemetry than what Office 365 by itself can get you. Yeah. No, no, no question. So when I search on like Office 365 performance issues, things like that, it looks like there's a dozen companies making monitoring tours for Office 365. That to me says there's clearly challenges here that it's not simple to understand where people are struggling. Well, any SaaS service, you know, so so we were in with the customer and we said, hey, you know, we've developed all this, you know, we're putting it out in customers. And they were like, oh, my God, this is awesome. This is just what I'm looking for. But, you know, can you connect to service now? Like, of course. And he's like, no, 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 no. Can you make a connection to service now through an API and create a fake ticket and prove that that worked? Right. And I was like, oh, yeah. And suddenly what I realized, what everybody wants to know is, you know, can you programmatically connect to third party services? Right. Can you go and through their API, can you go and, you know, go to pipe drive and create a sale, go to service now and create a, you know, service request, go to Jira and update a project. You know, it's all about going to these services, running a synthetic transaction on them. And, and, and proving it can happen. And, you know, like the Azure way of doing that is, you know, but by doing it, you know, from functions in your tenant. Right. But the, the next thing that we're looking at is, you know, running those uh, in a diff- slightly different mode from devices on prem, you know, just so that you can absolutely prove, you know, if we run them in the tenant, awesome. So, we, you know, we've proved that the, you know, the connectivity is working. And then the next thing then is to look at the network. And then the last thing is to look at the device. Absolutely. Yeah. You got to, you got to work your way through that all at stack. And it's, so I've been grabbing links as we've been going here about service map threat detection and so forth. It sounds like you just have to take the time to set up all these pieces so that you have enough insight to know what people are struggling with. Can we get it to the point where you know before the user knows that there's a problem? Oh, yeah. Oh, big time. Yeah. I, I love oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I so, love so, when IT is calling the user to say, "Hey, we're not happy with your Office 365 performance. We're concerned about this." Yeah. So, 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 so we have a like you know. So, so we've put all this into a product called O365 Insights, right? And um, one of the things that we can do on on a machine, you know, so this, this customer came to us and said, you know, okay, we've put it in. This is awesome, and and you, you know, you're getting hard disk performance counters. And the smart performance counters from the disk. So smart is the industry standard for, you know, hey, we're seeing hardware issues on a disk. Okay. So we're able to see the performance counters. We're able to see the smart issues. And then the last thing they did is they said, hey, could you connect the service now and get the previous tickets for hard drive failures? Right. So so we pull those three data sets in and we send, send it to Databricks. We clean it up a bit in Databricks, and then we apply a machine learning model to it, and we stack rank the hard drives in your environment, and Azure's ML looks at them and says, hey, you see those seven disks there? They have the highest chance of failure. Interesting. Okay. So, you know, uh, so, so we can now go and say, hey, we can start to see what drives are going to fail. And what we're working on now is using the same model to predict, you know, where we think the most likely performance issues are in your environment from machines hitting, you know, uh, Office 365. 
So, and it might not even be like, hey, this is what we think is going to happen in the next hour. You know, like we're looking at machine learning trends that say this sort of thing is going to happen in the next hour, the next, you know, 12 hours, the next 24 hours. Sure. You know, because often we, we find, you know, that performance and, and this is going to blow your mind, right? Do you know what the machine learning algorithm said was the most likely cause of hard disk failure, predictive cause? No, what, what was it? It was high performance on a disk with almost no capacity. So full so, and busy. Yeah, huge rewrites, yeah. huge reads and writes on a disk that has hardly any space available. That was the number one indicator that uh, that, that a device was going to go. Interesting. So it, I mean, yeah. it, it just also shows you could probably decrease problems by emptying that drive out partly. Well, it, it's still, you know, Richard, I can't believe it's 2019 and we still deal with people with major outages caused by, you know, SQL servers that run out of space. Yeah. You know? No, well, I, mean, well. I know it sounds like I'm joking, but. This you know, is regular it, life, man. It's this sort uh, of reality. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the fundamentals are the fundamentals, right? And it's still an issue to, uh, going on. But it is yeah. uh, interesting, you know, you got me thinking now about how we would maybe measure the regular behavior of an office uh, working against the cloud and then build a simulated load that increased that just to see where things would tip over first. So you almost are doing preventative performance diagnostic. Yeah, well, so, so, so one of the things that you can do in ServiceMap is we can show you the amount of bandwidth just going to Office 365. Right. Right. Nothing else. Okay. So when you think of that, like I, I can measure that. I can put a log analytics agent on every machine in your mm -hmm. environment. I can measure that and I can give you a Power BI report that says this is the amount of network traffic going to Office 365. Did you increase your circuits by that amount before right. you went to the cloud? Sure. Or go with Express Route or any of those you know, alternatives for optimizing your connection to the cloud if it's going to be that big of a deal. But yeah, I totally get that. And I wonder how many people simply go off the top lane. Well, we moved to the cloud, our network traffic's up and not actually say, is it true? Is it relevant to your, your overall load? Because you're definitely going to want more bandwidth. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, like bandwidth to me is the thing that I see going up, you know, a lot. And and the the thing that I see becoming very prevalent in hub and spoke Azure, you know, VNets is deploying SD-WAN uh, virtual devices mm -hmm. into the spokes so that they're not coming back across the hub for uh, internet access. Right. Well, and that, you know, th th that's a game changer. Well, and, and, and bandwidth consumption is an easy fix. Just buy more. <laughs> there are worse problems in this world than you just need more bandwidth and things will get better. I just, yeah. I'm often suspicious of that because it's, it's almost too easy a solution. Well, the, the challenge is, is that lots of people think that they can use, um, express route for office 365. Right. And the reality is, is that that is a difficult thing to do. It, you know? It's really, it's really for direct to Azure stuff for more of your own servers and your own websites and things. Yeah. The, the, the maintenance of keeping Office 365 up to date, you know, because Microsoft constantly changed the connectivity and the configurations to it. Mm -hmm. So like they kind of say, if we give you 
uh, express route for Office 365 and, you know, you get access to the service, you know, you would want to have a network admin on your team, you know, assigned to be doing regular updates, you know, so the express route is, is working as planned. Right. So, you know, people think just sticking in it because express route relatively is pretty cheap. If you live in a major city, express route is pretty cheap. Yeah. And uh, so people think, you know, hey, let's dedicate Office 365 traffic. But it's, you know, it's just not as easy to work on. For sure. And, and then the, the other thing that we found, you know, you know so, so one, we, we, we take a lot of logs into log analytics. So we take like your Office 365, you know, logs, exchange, AD, yeah, SharePoint, DLP, and general audit. We, we pull all them into log analytics. And, and from that, we're able to get, you know, really interesting things like the amount of mail being sent and who it's been sent to and, you know, where people are accessing stuff. And then we've found it uh, really helpful. You know, so use cases we have, uh, one of the massive accounting firms got breached because a, a global admin switched off MFA. Mm-hmm. So if I were to say to most people, you know, would you know if someone switched off MFA? So, you know, we can see MFA has been switched off. It's called strong authentication in log analytics. Right. You can see it's been switched off. Then we just call a function. You know, a function sees that we call a logic app. And the logic app disables your account, re-enables MFA, and emails all the other global admins to say, hey, this account, this global admin switched off MFA. Yeah. You know, and, and then other use cases is, you know, too high email flow. So we see that there's too high email flow and we send you a uh, an approver email through Logic Apps. And the approver email to me is the money shot because you get an email through. It has a number of buttons on it. You know, just on your smartphone, you can just say disable email. And what we then do is we just go to the tenant, we get go to your license, and we just remove your exchange online part. So you can still do everything else, but you can't send email. Or we can do remove your your Azure Active Directory or both. So you know you do that. Someone you know gets their access to email removed, and then we send them a text with Twilio to say, hey, we had to do this. And then the exchange admin, as soon as it happens, gets a second approver email right. to say, hey, you just yanked Richard's email. Are you in trouble? You know, it turned out that your your maximum email send is 100 emails an hour. Right. And Richard just sent 100 emails. You blocked his account. He got on to help desk. Help desk rang you. Oh my God, what's going on? You blocked Richard's account. It turned out Richard was on the West Coast, got on the flight and flew to New York. And he responded to emails for the whole five hours he was flying, sure. opens um, his laptop, connects to Wi-Fi, and 107 emails fly out, yep. and you've blocked this account. <laughs> you know? well, yeah. And I say all this so easy because this is all our, our experience from living it, you know, in real life. Yeah, I know. This sounds like you've been there. Absolutely. Dude, uh, yeah, everything that you create, there's a reason why it doesn't doesn't work. <laughs> sure, for sure. So, uh, Paul, like the half hours disappeared. Where could people learn more? Where should they be looking? So, um, I have eight videos okay. on our YouTube channel, cover you know, demoing all of this and how it works. 
Um, if you get onto Born in the Cloud, we can certainly demo and show you and help you with this. And, you know, if you decide to go it alone, you can go it alone with some ideas. Or if you want help from us, we are only too happy to help people with Office 365 get better performance and security. All right. I'll point folks to the Born in the Cloud YouTube channel. Thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Good stuff. Thank you, Richard. And we'll talk to you next time on Run As Radio.